0: Hi everyone, Ness Hughes here with you for this week's Daily Devotionals. Well, today we begin a week-long look at 1 Corinthians, a letter from the Apostle Paul to the church in Corinth. We read about Paul's mission to the Corinthians in Acts chapter 18, where it says, After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he met a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had ordered all Jews to leave Rome. Paul went to see them, and because he was a tent maker as they were, he stayed and worked with them. Every Sabbath, he reasoned in the synagogue, trying to persuade Jews and Greeks. When Silas and Timothy came from Macedonia, Paul devoted himself exclusively to preaching, testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Messiah. But when they opposed Paul and became abusive, he shook out his clothes in protest and said to them, Your blood be on your own heads. I am innocent of it. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. Then Paul left the synagogue and went next door to the house of Titius Justus, a worshipper of God. Crispus, the synagogue leader, and his entire household believed in the Lord, and many of the Corinthians who heard Paul, believed, and were baptised. Paul stayed in Corinth for some time. Then he left the brothers and sisters and sailed for Syria, accompanied by Priscilla and Aquila. Well, what we read here is that Paul had a significant stay with the Corinthians. And after he left, he continued to correspond with them via letter. One Corinthians is not actually his first letter to them. It seems that he at least wrote to them once before and they have written back to him. So 1 Corinthians is his response to their letter. And we have to keep that in mind as we read and understand and apply this teaching from Paul. We're not fully privy to the correspondence that occasions this particular letter. There are lots of clues and we can draw upon the big themes to be really benefited by 1 Corinthians. But we, need, we do need to be careful with the very specific instruction and be careful not to simply import it into our current context. But instead, carefully consider what might have been going on in this very new and growing church. The best picture we get is from the opening nine verses, which we're going to focus on today. In these verses, we see the standard inclusions of a Pauline first century letter, a salutation in verses one to three, followed by thanksgiving in verses 4 to 9. These aren't just letter conventions that Paul observes and then moves on to the body of the letter proper, so to speak. These opening verses actually set the stage for all that Paul wants to say to them. The focus, um, let's focus first then on the opening three verses. Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes, to the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, in this salutation, we have the author, the recipients and a greeting. Paul is the author of this letter even though he refers to um, Sosthenes in this script, the rest of the letter is written in the first person singular pronoun. So it is not from Paul and Sosthenes, so to speak. It's not clear why he includes Sosthenes in this moment. Paul does often cite others in his letters, but we can't tell if that's because he's simply with him at the time, or if he's scribing for Paul. Whatever, it is clear throughout the letter that this is a letter to be understood only from Paul. Paul emphasises his calling and his appointment as an apostle of Christ Jesus, which is by the will only of God. It brings to mind Paul's conversion, and he wants to underscore that his calling and appointment was not of his own choosing, He then projects both a genuine humility in that he is an apostle of Christ, but also a confidence in his profound obligation as one called by the will of God. All that he goes on to say therefore carries with it both the authority of God and the love he has experienced in Jesus. The recipients are the church of God in Corinth. This is not written to an individual, but it's to be received and applied to the corporate community of believers in Corinth. Like his own calling, they are also called by God to be his holy people. And so like Paul, they are to understand with humility, the privilege of salvation. They've been sanctified in Jesus, set apart for the purposes of God, and dedicated to him in the same way that people and objects were cleansed and made ready for holy worship in the temple throughout the Old Testament. And they're to understand themselves within the big C, capital C, of church, the eschatological people of God, who are experiencing the promised salvation, promised in the scriptures, fulfilled in Jesus. This carries with it all of the kingdom blessings that belong to the people of God. And so he greets them with the grace and peace of God, brought to them through Jesus Christ, who is their Lord. I wonder if it might just be worth pausing throughout the day today and thinking about this very thing. We are the Church of God in Roseville, or wherever you are, called by God, saved and sanctified in Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. Together, we who call on the name of Jesus as Lord experience this blessing. So Paul then goes on to write this thanksgiving I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Jesus Christ for in him you have been enriched in every way with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge God thus confirming our testimony among Christ about Christ among you therefore you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed he will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, who has called you into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We'll notice how many references there are to God, Jesus and the Spirit. God's grace is given in Christ Jesus and in him they are enriched. God therefore sealing and making evident what had been taught to them about Christ. And as such, they have the spiritual equipment through the Holy Spirit to live according to their calling until Christ returns. Standing firm and living as they really are, the holy people of God. All of this is possible because God is faithful and has involved them in fellowship with Jesus Christ, his Son, our Lord. Perhaps what is notably absent is the lack of any mention of them and their leaders and their achievements and their faithfulness. We will go on to read in the letter that the Corinthians haven't been living up to their calling at all. In fact, they do not live by the Spirit, but Paul says they are still worldly. The message from Paul is clearly hinted at in these opening verses, live as you are the holy people of God. Depend only on God's faithfulness, which is fully experienced through Jesus. This is possible because they have the Holy Spirit dwelling in them personally and corporately. During the day today, as you reflect on our calling, your calling, recall also God's faithfulness to you. We call Jesus Lord and have been given the Spirit so that we can stand firm in this world that demands our allegiance. I pray you're blessed today and I look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.